This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, back to the field. Bases loaded. The pitch for Yanni. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a green slam home run for Yadier Molina. He touches them all. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amarin, Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you, our executive producer, Ben Boyd. Thanks to Ann Carroll of the Cardinals Radio Network and Mike Anderson in our network studios tonight, hanging out until 9 o'clock, talking a lot of baseball coming up on the show. John Rooney with us in studio in the 7 o'clock hour. Also, Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty, and Jennifer Langosh. Claves, great to see you. And, John, great to see you. Thanks for swinging by and hanging out. Baseball season just around the corner. Good to be here. And uh, it's uh, cold, so um, this is our version of firing up the hot stove, counting it down to opening day, and uh, really looking forward to the winter warm-up, the caravan. Just a little over a couple of weeks away, we'll be there. Yeah, the caravan is one of my favorites where we get a chance to get out and visit with people who have supported the ball club over the years. And uh, what's your, where is your uh, destination this year? In Jefferson Jeff City, City yeah. then Sedalia and Columbia, and then back to town for the winter warm-up. I'll be there Sunday, and then the baseball writer's dinner Sunday night. And Monday, uh, Matt Holliday uh, is part of uh, the Homers for Health uh, dinner with Matt Carpenter uh, here in town. And uh, then, you know, I know you're looking forward to the Cardinal Cruise and also uh, Cardinal Fantasy, Fantasy Camp, Camp. Yeah, and uh, the Cardinal Cruise. And then I will make sure I stay in Jupiter to make sure the grass You'll is make green. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, Please uh, make sure. Monitor the weather for you. And uh, <laughs> I'll see you a couple of weeks after that. And here we go. Yeah, it's um, always, I think, remarkable that we turn the calendar. And, and in talking to the players, and both of you guys know, and going on the caravans and being a part of winter warm-up, it, it's really the first time that maybe – all of them who don't have a relationship with some of the new guys, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Andrew Miller, will get an opportunity to meet some of their new teammates, get an opportunity to see some of the fans. And uh, I'm curious how you guys have, have seen this thing grow and become, like you said, John, not just a couple of days down at the Hyatt Regency at the Arch, but but really throughout the entire community, guys having charity events, the baseball writers dinner, such an anchor that weekend as well. It's it's remarkable. It really takes a village, takes a baseball-loving village to put that whole weekend on. And you also have the caravans reaching areas where the fans just can't get away to come to St. Louis for winter warm-up, but they can spend a few hours with the group traveling through their cities and their towns and I'll be in four regions. states on our caravan. We'll be really? in Illinois, Missouri, Indiana, and Kentucky. At the same time? I think there's one area you can stand, but it's, I mean, the reach gets bigger and bigger, it right? It does. Yeah. And and those fans, uh, they, they can't make it over here to St. Louis for the winter warm-up, but they can really have a, a good time getting some autographs and talking to the players. And spring training used to be extremely relaxed, and, and I find it to be on quite a schedule now where it's so much different from what it was even five, six, seven, eight years ago that the caravan and the winter warm-up 
that's about as relaxed a time as you're going to find the players. And, and certainly I think they have a good time when they get to the All-Star game, but all the players can't make it to that. Uh, that I really enjoy being around them where they are relaxed and loose, and certainly they go through a part of their their training to get ready for spring training because they're either doing some throwing or working out, and they'll be over at the ballpark uh, right along with being at the Hyatt. Yeah, and you know what, John? I, I agree that it's that time where they get into not only the physical baseball mode but the mental baseball mode starts to, to set set in, and that's something I'm looking forward to seeing this year with regard to spring training, just the overall approach and how guys are going to be able to conduct business because this is business now. I mean, you, you can't go into a season again and not make postseason, and I think the urgency is going to set in for some players. And there are some jobs open, even though they're familiar mm-hmm. names, but there will be spots you have to take into account injuries and ineffectiveness. And, and with the way pitching is going right now, Claves, how many pitchers do you need for a major league season? A whole lot. A bunch, because <laughs> it looks like in, in many cases, what we saw in the postseason, it's go out there and chuck and duck Yeah, yeah. a couple of times through the lineup and bring on the next guy where you have a guy like Miles Michaelis who adds and subtracts and stays out of the middle of the plate, gets you into the seventh or the eighth inning, and the bullpen is mm-hmm. out there saying, thank you. I, I think the other thing that I look forward to is who's a guy that we didn't have on the radar, whether it's a John Brebbia and go back to Kyle McClellan. There have been so many guys that we've seen come the spring training that we didn't know much about. Jairo Munoz is probably the most recent example. Or Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks. Here's a guy we didn't. We didn't even see Jordan Hicks until what the last so week the Sunday was, yeah, before the Sunday got we broke out in the back. Yeah, yeah. We, remember he went on the road trip with us to Boston over to Fort Myers, and we never saw him pitch over there. So there's always that guy that gets an opportunity, and I always I think it's always a maybe a half a dozen players that all of a sudden uh, make you have to really watch them, and I'm anxious to see who it's going to be this year. It is Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ammer. And if you want to get to spring training to make your plans right now to head south this winter for sunny skies, warm beaches, and Cardinals baseball packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget, make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. We have a, a lot to talk about in terms of this year, but also a part of that weekend, the Baseball Writers' Dinner. It's Sunday, January 20th, Union Station Hotel. You can get your tickets at MetroTix.com or call 534-1111. We'll talk about, man, the great cast that's going to be there and Lee Smith. We get the news, John, uh, along with Harold Baines, who I know you're close with, uh, that they're headed to the National Baseball Hall of Fame while we were at the winter meetings. And, oh boy, oh, boy, I know a long time coming for Lee. It'll be great to have him at the Baseball Writers' Dinner and, I have a handful of Hall of Famers now up on the dais with you guys. Well, certainly one of the great relief pitchers of his time and duly rewarded with the Hall of Fame induction coming up uh, this summer. But one of the great personalities, Klaibs. Yeah. Uh, he's going to make it fun. And uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier, he, he just might steal the night. He could steal it. Um, you know, it's hard to not like Lee Smith. And every place he pitched, everybody liked him. And uh, he just has that great demeanor. And he just tickled pink to be in, and it's a long time coming. But I, I tell anybody who's going to the event, beware of Lee Smith because he, he may steal the show. Can you imagine? Uh, we were talking about what the Cardinals have in the bullpen this year from both the right and the left side and Jordan Hicks and Andrew Miller, those sliders. And 
Throw Lee Smith into the mix. That would be a three-headed monster. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then Keith Hernandez, one of my favorites. How about New York with Keith Hernandez with the Mets and Don Mattingly with the Yankees, two of the best, best first, first basemen you'll ever see. And uh, Keith, of course, had a great time with the Cardinals before he went on to the Mets and enjoyed a great deal of success there. But Hernandez was a co-MVP with Willie Stargell in 1979. That was an incredible year. And uh, just a, a great Cardinal, and he's coming back. Uh, Bob Costas honored with uh, an induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Ford Frick Award last year, and he's going to pick up the Red Shandies Medal at the Baseball Writers' Dinner. So come join us on Sunday, January 20th, Union Station Hotel. It's a great venue. There'll be a lot of laughs, and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, wonderful baseball conversation, as always, with some terrific, terrific players and personalities. What's the over-under this year? Well, I try to make it. A you, couple you, hours. You, I try to you do try a to do that because and, that's and not an along. easy ball to juggle. But uh, with uh, the decades last year mm-hmm. and so many players involved, I knew that that wasn't possible. Didn't need to be because Everybody it was, was one of those. Time. You know, you, you you might have a four-hour game, but if everything keeps moving, you look up at the clock and you think, "Wow, that was a four-hour game," but it seemed like about two and a half because there was always something going on. That's the way the dinner was last year because we had so many wonderful personalities and great Cardinals from the past that it made the night very, very special. Uh, Lou Brock being there was absolutely sensational. And um, I, I look for another great night, though, with the folks we have lined up, as we mentioned, Lee Smith and Miles Michaelis will be honored for his great year. We'll have a lot of fun with it. Reserve your seat, reserve your table right now, MetroTix.com or 534-1111. Cardinals countdown to opening day just underway. John Rooney with us in studio, and we're back after this on the Cardinals Radio Network. Just underway, the first hour of Cardinals countdown to opening day. John Rooney in studio with us. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10 game ticket packs are on sale now and feature 2019's top games and promotional dates. Choose from the opening day pack, the jersey pack, the bobblehead pack, Cubs pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just $79. Get yours at cardinals.com slash packs. It's incredible, guys, to look at um, not just the players who will be at the baseball writers' dinner, but also, uh, you know, the players the Cardinals bring back. They have players that received MVP votes. Um, Matt Carpenter received MVP votes. Uh, They have Miles Michaelis, who finished uh, with a handful of third-place Cy Young votes, finished in the top five in the Cy Young. Jack Flaherty, Harrison Bader finished with Rookie of the Year votes. Mike Schilt finished with Manager of the Year votes. A lot of decorated players. And, you know, I point that out because, as you mentioned, Clave, there will be young players who are not on the radar who contribute. There will be players that are brought in who are not on the radar. Michaelis was, maybe for the casual fan, one of those guys last year, John. And while we all wait around and fans pine for the mega million, you know, $300 million contracts to be handed out, it's the teams that can stretch a dollar, find value, scout both stateside and internationally, and find a guy like Miles Michaelis for $7 million a year who can come in and put together one of the best years in the National League. And I remember it was, oh, I guess a little bit earlier when the Cubs signed you, Darvish, and the Cardinals <laughs> signed Bud Norris. Yeah. And I caught all kinds of flack over that. Oh, the Cubs did this, and the Cardinals got this guy who's uh, not even a good starter. I said, wait a minute, you're mixing apples and oranges here. There's a need right there that was filled for the bullpen, but he didn't have a great spring, Bud Norris. No, he didn't. And then no, he, he comes out firing, nine, firing 95 miles an hour, and Mike Matheny looked at him and said, uh, where was that in the spring? And Bud looked at him and said, I didn't know spring was that important to you, but uh, it was important when we started the season, yeah. and had he stayed healthy, who knows how many saves he would have had. You know, that was so important uh, 
because we'd seen him on the other side, how he killed the Cardinals over the years. And for him to step in and do what he did early, because we didn't know what the bullpen was going to look like. I mean, Jordan Hicks, they brought on along at the last minute, but we didn't know there was no, no definition out there. And I thought Bud did a nice job. And, um, and that was without Luke Gregerson and without uh, Dominic Leon mm-hmm. and Leon was able to come back and, and look pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, and he's going to be an interesting guy. I to think watch so too. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see how he comes along during the month of March, and and I I think it's going to be a pretty good bullpen. And if the starting pitchers can uh, get into six innings and and uh, be consistent in that regard, where the relievers uh, can lift their arms by. You know, the all-star break and beyond, and I, I think the Cardinals are going to be in pretty good shape Look, because they do have some good talent in their do. bullpen. Let me run this by both you guys. New manager, new spring training. Uh, are innings going to be more valuable to pitchers this year? Do you think we'll see some guys get stretched out? Because in my opinion, the last couple of years, I didn't think this ball club was ready to play on opening day. I, I thought there were some guys who still were dragging from spring training and I think I didn't think they got enough work in. Now I could be wrong about this. I never pitched in the big leagues, but that's just from where I sat. Do you think we'll see a little bit of a change with regard to how important innings are going to be? We could, and maybe the innings become more available if the baseball is better and the defense is better. This team in spring training, a couple of years over the last handful, has been marred by errors and some long innings and. Pitchers that especially early guys are on pitch counts and then have to come out of the game. And maybe then that transfers into the regular season, John, and maybe there's a common thread in not just the great pitchers around baseball, but the teams who get the most innings out of their starting pitching. It's not rocket science. I imagine that they've got pretty darn good defenses. They're not giving away outs, and they're not you know, turning innings that could have been routine into some of those stress innings with high pitch counts. And certainly you want to see your young pitchers, uh, pitchers who uh... – may have to come along later from your minor league system. But I think with Mike Schilt and certainly with Mike Maddox and the coaching staff uh, working in Jupiter and planning out spring training, I think you're going to see uh, the path uh, fairly well charted for what players will be doing what, when, and and how they plan to get them ready. And certainly the good record in spring training the last couple of years, the Cardinals minor leaguers were better than everybody else's minor leaguers and coming back in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth innings and uh, shows us that uh, we've had some pretty good talent come along from the minor league system. And and uh, Patrick Wisdom uh, hopefully will get a chance to play now that he's moved on, but he certainly uh, was instrumental. Kisner had some big hits late in games, and uh, and certainly Munoz got a lot of innings in last year where he made the club and made a difference on this Cardinal team and did a pretty good job filling in for Paul DeYoung. Even though the errors uh, mounted up early for him, uh, he made some adjustments and and he could play third and short, second base, and uh, and stand in there at the plate and give you quality at bats. So we'll see what young players will come along this year and make the ball club. I think the word planning is key because at the start of every day, if fans haven't seen it on social media or aren't down there, there's literally a, a spreadsheet. And every, what, guys, 10 minutes is accounted for from the time those guys leave the clubhouse after their meeting to the time they're done with their workouts, uh, whether games have started or not, depending on who's playing in the game. And once minor leaguers get there, there are, what, a couple hundred players around the complex, and everything is just so precise. I think that that sets a good tone. And as Klaibs alluded to at the start of the segment, Mike Schilt has been instrumental in that planning. But 
you know, as a guy who's as detail-oriented as he is and is such a student of the game like he is, I'm excited to see how he brings his own flavor to this and uh, to the workouts they're doing because it's never just doing something for the sake of of doing something or passing time. Well, you don't want them out there all day, but when they're out there, you don't want them standing around. No. I saw Tommy Kelly do that with the Twins back in 1987 and took them from a last-place team to a world champion. But he didn't have them out there all day, even before they started playing games. They might be out of there by 12 or 12.30. They got there about 6.30 in the morning, but they had something to do every second. They were standing on one of the fields there in Fort Myers, and Mike Schilt has planned out spring training before, so he knows what the players want to do. And, and uh, you know, you have Mark DeJohn and uh, the Cardinal Minor League staff, uh, Gary LaRock. They have everything planned out for when their players come in. Of course, we have some of the, the top-tier minor leaguers who will be in camp earlier and part of our spring training games, and they get a feel for what it's like to be around the Major League Club. I think that's a great thing, too. But I see them busy, especially when they go through their drills. You see them putting that time in and then move on to the next thing. And, and Claves, in terms of finding innings for everyone, not just the pitchers but the position players, that clubhouse the last couple of years, we're into March, almost halfway through March, it's still pretty crowded before yeah. guys are getting sent out. You know, one of the things that yeah, I, I thought they looked at guys, <clears throat> excuse me, they looked at guys who weren't going to make this team too much. Uh, let's let's look at the guys who are going to help this ball club and are going to have a real impact. Uh, and I think that you, you need to make them, A, accountable and letting them know that these at-bats are important because these are the ones that you think are going to get you ready uh, and maybe I would thin out the clubhouse a little bit more, uh, unless you have certain guys that are, if you you're a little thin injury wise in some spots, maybe you keep some guys around. But you know, I, I'm not going to worry about looking at guys with number 91 on their back as much. I'm looking at guys who are going to have an impact on maybe having more than 95 wins. That's what I think is more important. Also, think the job that the managers and coaches do at the minor league level. They are so positive. Yeah, they are so well versed at what they're teaching down there and getting the points across, whether it's hitting or pitching or fielding, base running, that when these young players come to the big league level, they expect to contribute now, and they're quite positive, and they've made an impact on this Cardinal club. And I think that all starts uh, at the minor league level yeah, with what right. they're doing, and, and it goes right to the top for when they make it to the big leagues. And some of that is getting experience in the spring training games, sure. but certainly a lot of it is the teaching and coaching that goes on day-to-day once the team breaks camp and ends up playing in Memphis or ends up playing down in Springfield or any of our minor league locations. We didn't have anybody who came up last year that didn't do something. You know, normally you can bring up a guy and maybe he's overwhelmed by what's going on. I thought everyone who was called up made a legitimate contribution when they had the chance. But it is such a positive group that the Cardinals have at the minor league level. I enjoy sitting in on some of their meetings and seeing how they're planning sure. their day and going out and implementing the drills and, and then the preparation for the games they're going to play those days on the backfields there in Jupiter. But it starts there, and it, it carries over from the time they move on to the next location, whatever level at the minor leagues. And, and you see it when they come to the big league level. They're ready to perform, and they expect to do well. I don't think all clubs uh, can can enjoy that kind of success, certainly from some players, but not the way the Cardinals have seen it work out uh, going back to the days of John Jay and Craig and, and that group, Descalzo. And, and there's such continuity, too. I think that the actual baseball teaching being the same at every level, you don't need to waste time or 
put energy into worrying about that. You know that you're going to hold a runner the same way. You know that if there's a shift, you're you're shifting the same way. I know a lot of the shifts at the major league level, not to get into that, but it's implemented the same ways at the minor league level. So when these guys get to the big leagues, maybe you're entering a different entrance to the ballpark or uh, your day-to-day routine is different. But from a baseball standpoint, you know what's expected of you and it's been expected of you since you got into the organization. And these instructors, coaches, and and managers at the minor league level and, and uh, the minor league uh, front office folks, they know their players. They know how they have mm-hmm. to approach this guy, this guy, this guy. They're all different, and they, they make that uh, a real effort to get to know those guys from the time they set foot uh, in camp or, or from the time they're drafted, for that matter. And if you're Stubby Clapp and his Memphis staff, you've had to know a lot of players the last couple of years. I think that's a huge plus it's for the incredible. Cardinals. What, yeah. 50, 50 different guys played in a Memphis Redbirds game each of the last couple of years while they were setting records? And Colton Wong's brother did them in two years ago mm-hmm. with a grand slam, but last year Memphis won it all with the, the AAA championship. And with all the changes over the last two years, you're right, Stubby Clapp, uh, and uh, his coaching staff and uh, the Cardinal minor league system uh, should be applauded. They did a great, great job. Yeah, Colton's not alone in uh, being frustrated that his brother didn't get called up when rosters were expanded. I'm sure the Memphis Redbirds wouldn't have mind that uh, a couple of years ago. We'll take another break. It's Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Ameren. John Rooney's with us for another half hour as we talk about winter warm-up, the baseball writers dinner, January 20th, this club and more back in a moment on the St. Louis Cardinals radio network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. We're back on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. John Rooney hanging out with us until the top of the hour. And, of course, next weekend, the Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up, Saturday, January 19th through Monday, January 21st. Purchase warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets at cardinals.com slash WWU. Autograph tickets still available for several current players. Um, Baseball Writers Dinner, Sunday, January 20th. Jack Flaherty will be there. He's going to join us in our next hour. John, I know you've been calling a lot of Valley hoops this offseason, and uh, we asked Jack who would make the better pickup basketball team, the position players or the pitchers. He immediately said pitchers, but... Of course he would. (laughs) Guys, how about some of the athletes on this team? And I think baseball, as you alluded to earlier, John, not only are you, you know, maybe shortening up a little bit when it comes to some of the pitching you're using more players but if you've got athletes if you've got pitchers too that can that can hit that can run that's almost like having an extra bench player at times well mike shannon has said so many times and it goes back to when he first started broadcasting looking at pitching that those guys can help themselves in so many ways just by getting a bunt down or by advancing a runner some way somehow stay away from the strikeout and advance a runner, put him in scoring position, and then to, to see that runner score, I think it just pumps up the pitcher, pumps up the whole ball club, and and I know our, our pitchers take that to heart. Adam Wainwright certainly has over the years. You go back to Jason Marquis, he won a Silver Slugger Award, and Adam certainly has won that, and uh, our guys like to put the ball in play and help themselves. You know, I, I think the other thing that comes into play is when they walk a guy to get to you, and then you do yeah. something with the bat, it's almost demoralizing because now the one opportunity that you had that you thought was the, quote, easy out, 
uh, now comes back to get you, and then, oh, by the way, you're going to deal at the top of the order next. Uh, well, I just think that's so huge when you can do it. It's that. fun to talk about your launch angle and exit velocity <laughs> and all that, but we played three games in Pittsburgh last year. The Pirates swept the series, and launch angle, exit velocity had nothing to do with it. They nickeled and dimed the Cardinal pitching staff yeah. simply by putting the ball in play. Little flares to right field, left field, moving runners, getting in position where they could make that last at-bat uh, count for the for the Pirates. And uh, I'd, I'd like to see the strikeouts uh, cut down throughout Major League Baseball and see the ball and play a little more often. And, and I certainly think there's an emphasis on that with the Cardinals. I'm really excited to see how the lineup shakes out from a standpoint of at the top of the order, Matt Carpenter, maybe Jose Martinez or Dexter Fowler, but somebody that you would assume has, has a track record of getting on base. Then a couple of your big boys in Goldschmidt, Ozuna, Yachty, DeYoung. But then you get down to that 7-8. Not to slot anyone right now, but you have some speed and Wong, Bader, some athleticism that you haven't necessarily had. And then with those guys getting on, flipping back over the top, John, this could be a team that I think can score runs in a lot of different ways. Whereas over the last few seasons, we've seen periods where if they're not hitting home runs, they're not scoring much. Uh, get Wong and Bader on base. And it's not so much about stealing bases, but it's putting runners in motion. And yeah. we saw that First a lot from Mike Schultz yeah. uh, last year. And But you have to have those guys on with a pretty good on-base percentage, and uh, it puts a lot of pressure on the pitching staff. And then uh, a Michaelis, uh, Flaherty, a Martinez, the other guys, other pitchers, have a chance to advance that runner or drive them in. I want to run something by both you guys. Um, <clears throat> I know there's still a lot of players that haven't signed, but when you, aside from the Cardinals, this division is going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, I think Cincinnati has decided they want to move forward. Pittsburgh, I think, is kind of in no man's land because they've got some decisions to make. You have the Cubs. Milwaukee, certainly. I don't know if they really surprised us because I thought we knew they could swing the bat. But at this point, is this going to be the best division in the National League or is it, will, it, will it be the National League East, which seems like they're going to load up? I think it's going to be the Central, and uh, and that'll play out, of course, and we'll find out. But uh, can you imagine Marty Brenneman calling you know, Puig and Kemp Popped up, home run in that ballpark. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. They've yeah. also been connected to some big-time pitching. They've been yeah. connected to Kluber. They've been connected to Keuchel. And I think the Reds and the Brewers could both still make major moves. And I think when it comes to the rest of the free agent class and even the trade market, the Brewers right now, if they get better, that's scary. If the Reds get better, we know they can score with anyone. So, you know, as the dust settles over the next few weeks, not only is this maybe the best division in the National League, it could get better. Yeah, I agree with you. And Clint Hurdle finds a way to get something out of his players in he Pittsburgh, does. even when they play they've had so tough. many when they've had so many move on over the last year or so. They certainly uh, make it competitive every time we go to Pittsburgh, and even when they come here. How many one-run ball games we had against the Pirates over the last three years? It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne joined by John Rooney in studio. Don't forget the Baseball Writers' Dinner Sunday, January 20th. You can go to MetroTix.com or call 534-1111, MetroTix.com or 534-1111. The guy that continues to stir the drink, and I know John Mozeliak mentioned uh, a little bit earlier this offseason, the guy who is the face of the franchise right now, Yadier Molina, um, as we talk pitching, as we talk young pitchers, I don't want to say he's taken for granted sometimes by fans, but I think it proves how good he's been, John, how durable he's been, but also the fact that I think with the workload he's taken on, 
with age, he seems to be getting better offensively almost every year and finding new ways to impact games, which is pretty amazing considering how much he's already accomplished. Well, Chris, as I watch sports, I take a look at teams and players and, and think, how many guys know what not only what they should be doing because most of the pro players do, but what somebody else should be doing on the field and where they're going to be, whether it's you know football or basketball. And in baseball, you know, Yachty, you might as well put him in uh, the tie and tails out there and let him conduct the orchestra because <laughs> he is motioning, okay, here, here, this is what we need to do, especially in, in the World Baseball Classic, the way he was handling everything with that Puerto Rican team. That was so much fun to watch and, and how Yachty knows the game inside out. Derek Jeter is certainly that way. Albert Pujols that way. Uh, I think Paul DeYoung is going to be that type of player. And uh, you, you have uh, those guys that, that just know, okay, you should do this, you should do that. But Yachty or Molina is one of the best at not only handling the pitching but knowing where somebody else should be, whether it's the infield or, or taking a look at the outfield def, uh, defense. Uh, he's going to be a pretty good manager, I think, when it's all said and done, and and uh, that's a few years away. But I think you're right, Chris. He finds ways to get better, and that's why he's such a great pro, an all-star, a gold glover, and a platinum glover. One of the things that I feel... He went down and managed the Puerto Rican youngsters, yeah, too, right? Did a as nice soon job. as the season yeah. ended. He was out of here. The, the, the thing that I th- think that makes Yachty such a good player, as you mentioned offensively, he's always stayed away from strikeouts. I mean, he's never had that season where he struck out 100 times. I think maybe the most might be 60, maybe 65. And he's going to hit into some double plays yeah, he's because he's that. putting the yeah. ball in play, but he finds enough openings. He always openings. finds a way to put the ball on the bat, a bat on the ball. And I think the fact that he hasn't fallen prey to what we see so many hitters do where they swing for the fences, he swings within his comfort zone and he normally has success. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Uh, we will continue in just a moment. Don't forget uh, about the Baseball Writers Dinner. I want to touch on a few more guys who are going to be there, how they might fit into the team this year. Uh, it's all coming up, and we're back after this in the Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. The U.S. women's national soccer team returns to Bush Stadium on May 16th. Tickets on sale now at cardinals.com slash soccer. We are hanging out with John Rooney for a couple more minutes on the St. Louis Cardinals radio network. Uh, The baseball writers dinner Sunday, January 20th. Go to metrotix.com or call 534-1111. Reserve your seat. Reserve your table right now. Uh, We'll see Adam Wainwright next weekend, guys. And we're not sure last year. Adam said he wasn't even sure last year. Um, if he'd be pitching this year because of the injuries. He said it took him about a year and a half to get fully healthy after dealing with so much. And, John, not only was he, I think, a great presence, a great attitude while he was rehabbing, but he came back and, in terms of staying in the race, pitched maybe the most important game of the year last year, snapping that horrendous weekend against the Dodgers on Sunday Night Baseball. Well, a terrific Cardinal, a sensational personality, and one of the finest people I've had the pleasure to cover in my career. And that's how much I think of Adam Wainwright and what he can do with the young pitchers, what he can do on the mound. Uh, he is a knight at the improv. If something's not working, he comes up with a pitch he may not have used before, a way to grip the ball to get some kind of movement to get through an inning. And that's what's impressive. Uh, he knows how to play baseball, too. That's another one. Oh, I got this from uh, James Bragg. Claves said, tell Claves. 
The baseball writer's dinner is one night of the year you don't care how long it takes. That's true, because everybody's having fun. That's it. And and the personalities, like you think about that word, and we see it, guys, in the clubhouse, whether it's Wayno or if it's Miles Michaelis. When's the last time you've you've seen a starter on his day an hour or two before the game playing ping pong against some of the rookies in the clubhouse? And then he said there's a time and a place to go out and get focused. Everyone does it differently. But I think this team has some personality, and it all starts with Mike Schilt, just a guy who – you know, from the history of the organization to knowing what the uh, Kissels and, and Ricketts and, and so many have meant, the Shane Deans, to um, just the way he's come up through the ranks, come up through the organization. I think in a lot of ways, for a team that often finds itself drafting at the back ends of rounds and having players come up in pennant races who have not been the most heralded prospects based on ranking lists or this or that, Schilt kind of embodies, I think, what this club has been all about over their last decade of incredible success. Well, Mike Schilt will come early and he'll stay late when it comes to talking baseball. And, you know, St. Louis, whether it's Sports Open Line on KMOX or whether it's uh, live from Shannon's or live with Mike and Mike after the game, uh, the fans love the baseball talk. And the personalities you mentioned, they love to talk the game. And they've been taught the game the right way over the years from the people you mentioned a moment ago, Chris. And that's what makes it uh, fun at the Baseball Writers' Dinner where Lou Brock kind of took over last year. And, and then Adam Wainwright has had his moments where he's absolutely hilarious but makes his point. And then we get the state of the Cardinals uh, going into the season and a recap from last year with John Mazalock and Mike Schilt, and uh, we're ready to go. Clips, how about the fact that Mike Schilt, you guys – had such a great time on Live with Mike last year at the end of the season. And I know he stayed up there, and we're still talking some baseball after the show ends. By the time he got back to the clubhouse, he was still in full uniform, didn't have his phone or keys or anything on him. He couldn't get back in. That's right. And he's standing out there with Ben Boyd, and finally Mark Walsh sees them through that narrow opening from all the way down the hall and had to come and let him in. But I just... It's amazing. You're right. Uh, he, he loves talking the game. <clears throat> and and he's fun to talk about. Oh, talk with game scrums. Too. Yeah, I mean, he he was so much fun to talk to before games. And John, you were around him, and he always had a positive outlook. Uh, he always had more than one solution. And I I think the fact that he is allowing guys to have fun, and he wants them to do their job. And, you know, you can't have fun if you're not doing your job, but. I think players felt like they could really talk to him and communicate where everybody knew where they stood, and it was up to you to do something about it. He had a good foundation, Klaibs, managing in the Cardinal minor league system with some success, championships at AAA ball and some good teams at Memphis before joining the major league coaching staff. And and that's what I go back to talking about knowing the players yeah. and knowing what makes them tick, who needs a kick, who needs a pat on the back, and, and when and where to do that, but to get the point across. And with Mike Schilt, it's all about the players and setting them up to uh, get them to a point where they can succeed. And and that's what uh, most managers are trying to do and coaches, and, and uh, some just have a little bit better way of doing it than others. We've talked about some of the pieces he'll have at his disposal. We haven't, John, uh, talked a lot about Paul Goldschmidt, and I think that is the – probably the marquee move right now in terms of the offseason and, and how deep we've gotten and how little activity, I think, in, in some respects there's been. What have you seen from Goldschmidt the last couple of years and the couple of times we see Arizona every year as an all-around player? And not to put you on the spot, but the things that he does, does, does he remind you of anyone else that you've watched or, or covered? 
Well, I think the world of Matt Holliday, and I see that type of personality in Paul Goldschmidt, a little more vocal than Matt, but the message is still there. Play the game, play it hard, play it the right way. In the community, too. And and be very visible in the community. That's that's very important. I know to both, it was important to Goldschmidt to get his degree, and he finished that up uh, online, University of Phoenix, a program that Roland Heeman, a dear friend of Tony La Russa and of mine, uh, set up uh, in Arizona. But Paul Goldschmidt is a solid citizen. He's one of my favorite baseball players since he came along, and I'm glad he's going to be wearing the birds on the bat and standing over there at first base because he'll make that infield a lot stronger and those other infielders a lot more confident that if they throw the ball in the dirt, you Goldie's going to pick near it. it. Yeah, you're right. Oh. I, I think that that's so important. How many games did we see? Uh, last year that were thrown away because mm. we just didn't have anybody to catch the ball over there. Even so, pickoff moves. Yeah. Oh, well, don't even get me started on that. Well, I know still a lot to come this offseason. John, thanks so much for coming by. Have a great time. Baseball Writers Dinner, Sunday the 20th. All the info's up on our social media. We'll talk about it with Jen Langosh as well. You can go to MetroTix.com or call 534-1111. We'll see you next weekend. We'll see you around the corner. Lots to come. Chris Ravy, Mike Claiborne with you. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amaran on the Cardinals Radio Network. It's a countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Well, thanks to John Rooney for joining us in our 7 o'clock hour. We have a ton coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, the 2019 Cardinals official calendar. It's got a ton as well. It spotlights the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to unbreakable Cardinals records. And it's on sale now at St. Louis area retailers or by calling 314 314- Three four five nine thousand. We'll give one away right now to the third caller at five three one eleven twenty. Coming up more on the baseball writers' dinner in our eight o'clock hour. Jack Flaherty will be there. He will join us in our first segment. Jen Langosh will be there. She will check in in our second segment. We'll also give Adam Wainwright a call to talk about how his offseason is going and a very special event that he has next weekend, plus Ticket Talk with Joe Strom. One hour in the books, one hour to go on a Wednesday night. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you. Ben Boyd, our executive producer. Mike Anderson in the house as well. And we're back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. All right, back to the field. Bases loaded. The pitch for Yanni. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back. Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amron continues on the Cardinals Radio Network. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne joined by Jack Flaherty. It takes a little time before he gets ready to head to St. Louis for the winter warm-up festivities next weekend. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great. Just enjoying, uh, enjoying the weather out here, uh, you know getting ready for the season, getting ready to get things going. When you get into a workout program or an off-season, what do you try and focus on at this point? Oh, just check his Instagram. <laughs> oh, is, is he out here doing like Bader, <laughs> lifting cars and everything, or is he doing something a little bit more rational? You know, yeah, but you know, you, you know Bader, Bader does the same exercise every every single day. He, glamour he muscles? Little, yeah. He, he just carries that thing for as long as he can, and then he just he says, calls it a day. I'm anxious to see what he's going to look like. Uh, when spring training rolls around. So I'm assuming you're doing some other things that give you a little bit more versatility. 
yeah, we try to do a couple. We try to do more things than just than just one. So, uh, no, nah, it just depends on the year. You know, going into this year was just getting a little bit stronger in certain areas. Uh, kind of ironing out some some of my movement patterns, get my body moving in a you know more efficient way, just to get ready for the year and try to you know have it moving in in in, uh, in better patterns to sustain it for the full year. I know one of the things you wanted to be is more durable and get to the seventh and eighth and ninth inning. How do you try and assess uh, where you're at and where you're going when it comes to being in the ball game longer? You know, I don't think that has to do necessarily with the weight room and situations like that. I think that comes down to pitching and realizing, you know, where uh, where I could save a couple pitches here and there, you know, where I got into deeper counts, what I really shouldn't have, and just working those things out to where, you know, I'm getting in good counts, getting ahead, getting, um, you know, working through those guys pretty quickly. And then, you know, picking, choosing spots where maybe you got to be a little bit more careful. So I think just getting deeper into the game just comes with getting quicker outs, not wasting as many pitches and trying to stay out of those deep counts and you know, just saving pitches wherever, you know, here and there. In that situation, do you make sure, obviously, guys like to strike out, but are you trying to use your defenders more as well and making guys put it in play where they're going to hit it to spots where you have somebody to cover? Yeah, I mean, strikeouts are going to happen, but you can't strike somebody out unless you throwing two strikes before then so but if i can get an out on a first or second pitch before i even have to get two strikes i'll take that every time jack flaherty's with us on cardinals countdown opening day presented by Ammer. and yeah yeah you mentioned that jack and we've talked a lot about the lineup and the additions of the bullpen so far the pitching staff uh, what you guys have coming back but uh, with goldschmidt in the infield with with harrison bader in center field with, with everybody you guys bring back what do you like about the defense that's going to be behind you this year man i'm excited you know having bader out there for a full year is going to be fun it's going to be special watching him get out there every single day. And then definitely excited to add Goldie to the lineup. And then, you know, having him over there at first is going to be fun. You know, I'm looking forward just to getting around him in the clubhouse, getting on a little bit and just letting him do his thing, really. I mean, there's nothing that we can do. We just kind of let him go out and do his thing, do what he does, and, uh, you know, let him produce. And I guess when you have a new guy that comes in, you're always trying to learn something from them and how they prepare themselves and, and what their approach might be, especially for a guy like Goldschmidt who's been in the game for a while. Yeah, so for a guy like that, I mean, at least to take from, from him as a as a pitcher is kind of how he prepares. You know, you, you can learn a lot from the hitters. You can learn a lot from hitting coaches as to how they prepare and what they look for when it comes to, you know, getting ready to face the guy. So, you know, as I get around him and, you know, I get to see how he prepares for the game and the way he prepares to, you know, go against the pitcher – will we'll kind of give some more insight into how, you know, maybe, you know, maybe certain guys around the league would prepare for myself. Jack Flaherty's with the Sun Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Ammer and again, winter warm up next week and about a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting down in Florida. Jack, as, as you reflect over last year, not just what you did at the big league level and what you did on the mound, but but thinking back over conversations you had, preparation and spring training, what was one thing fans don't see or, or don't understand that, that you did or something that you undertook to prepare that you think really benefited you that you could share with us? That's a hard one. I think it's just asking questions and trying to be as open as possible to learning different things, but never being afraid to ask a question to anybody. I, I just think I, I try to, you know, take in as much information as possible and to try to learn as much as I can and then, you know, spending time watching video, but not just watching it, but learning how to watch video, learning how to go over a scouting report, learning how to develop a scouting report. And, and you know, 
you can get that from learning, but you get that from the other guys on the team. You get that from a guy like Mad Dog sitting with Wayno. You know, the fact that he would take the time out of his day to, to sit down and, and, and teach me that kind of stuff is is awesome. And also when, uh, when Big Carp, when Chris Carpenter comes around too, just constantly being around him, asking him questions, especially when he's in the dugout because he's locked into the game. He's watching everything, and he's just trying to learn anything that I possibly can while while he's around. You shared with us, too, at the end of the year that you got to spend some time and have some conversations with Bob Gibson. And I'm wondering, Jack, what it means to have a guy like that that's around, that, that's willing to share what he knows and to be able to pick his baseball brain. What was that like for you, and what kind of resource was, was Bob? I mean, there's no other way to put it other than that it was special. I mean, anytime that you get a guy like that who's, who's – literally a legend and anytime you get a guy like that around who's willing to talk and willing to share information and then it's coming to look for you you jump at the opportunity and there's, and there's no way you, you pass something like that up so just to get any time with him to, to just talk and talk about baseball talk about you know what it was like for him and what he did to prepare and how his what his mentality was you know he's throwing nine innings every single time so you know, you just ask him pretty much, Bob, man, how'd you do it? Like, wh- what's it take? And uh, it was fun to be able to be around him like that. Did you guys talk hitting at all? You know, Bob used to be a pretty good hitter as a pitcher. and <laughs> he was I know a good you... athlete, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. And I know you pride yourself. You think you're an athlete, too, so I, I would imagine wow. you guys. <laughs> you put one over the green monster <laughs> in the World Series, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> he worked on it. He said he worked on it. And, you know, he said you could put in the time to, to just do the little things, you know, just do the little things to, to, to help the team, anything that helps the team. And, you know, if you're going to be in there in the lineup, you might as well work on it. Yeah. You might as well, be, you might as well get the work in. And you got all you got all this extra time, you know, that we spend as pitchers that we could be doing something as opposed to just sitting around or eating and just doing nothing. We might as well try to do, we might as well try to do something on the offensive end. We'll see pitchers jump in the cage and now all of a sudden they want to make it home run derby. And, you know, it's it's great at 5 o'clock and everybody's having fun, but you're one of the few guys that actually tries to work on things, be it going the other way or little things that are going to, A, keep you in the ball game or may make you a, a very important pinch hitter if we get deep into an extra inning game. I mean, it, it, for, for me, how I see it is is I don't like when, you know, obviously everybody's going to, like, joke around and, you know, position players, they want to they joke and be like, oh, you guys are going to, you guys are going to hit in the cage. Like, that's funny. And you guys are going to bunt and be like, yeah, when we when we come up, sometimes it's a real important spot where we yeah. go get a bunt down or we come up with two outs because, you know, they got a runner on second and they walk that, that eight-hole hitter. And it may be the fourth inning and we got a chance to drive a run in. And then what we do, you know, you guys are the ones patting us on the back and maybe it was that day that we went in there to go take swings. Um, but for me, you know, I, I just try to feel good. And then as the rounds go on, you know, start to let it open a little bit but for, i just go in and do whatever i need to make make sure that i feel good and i feel right uh, aside from getting to come in see your teammates uh what's it like to you know in the middle of january coming across the country all you guys coming from different spots come to an event like winter warm-up go to the baseball writers dinner go on the cardinal caravan and just you know see the response the excitement the enthusiasm for cardinals baseball from the fan base what's that like for you man uh, no it's fun it's, it, it definitely gets you ready for season gets you ready to get back out there see the guys see the fans excited ready to get you or ready to you know ready to come and see so it's just it's fun to get back out there and really gets you you know motivated for those last few weeks before uh, spring training gets going and then getting ready to go into the season. Jack Flaherty, appreciate it, man. We'll see you next weekend.
Uh, of course, anytime. The U.S. women's national soccer team returns to Bush Stadium on May 16th. Tickets on sale now at cardinals.com slash soccer. Thank you to Jack. We'll talk with Jen Langosh next, who covers the Cardinals for MLB.com on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Of MLB.com joins us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Of course, Jen, a big part of the baseball writers' dinner. John Rooney with us last hour. We'll remind you it's Sunday, January 20th. That's a week from Sunday at Union Station Hotel. Go to MetroTix.com or call 534 1111. Jen, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, how have you spent your off season? You know, we we thought we would be a lot more busy, not just with Cardinal coverage, but more than anything, baseball. I mean, there are, what a couple hundred guys that still don't have a job. Yeah, and I would imagine a couple hundred guys who are a little bit nervous and can't make plans for spring training. It's it's odd, Mike. I mean, it's, it's very similar though to what we saw last off season, right? Where you saw the market very slow to move. You saw. A bunch of guys remain unsigned when camp opened, and then kind of a wave of signings during it toward the end of spring training. We'll see. You know, I'm not convinced it's going to play out the exact same way this winter, but clearly Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are going to have to to pick a home before some of these other free agents have an opportunity to find exactly who their suitors might be. So, I mean, I guess the good news is if you're the Cardinals, you've kind of already checked off the two biggest priorities on your to-do list, which, of course, was to help your bullpen and upgrade in your offense. Um, so they have had a little bit more movement than we've seen across baseball. But, yeah, a- another slow-moving free agent period. And um, for us sports writers, goodness, it's not given us lots to write about here recently. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument right now, guys, that the Cardinals have made the largest trade acquisition and, and one of the biggest free agent acquisitions. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, Absolutely. You, you saw early on the NL East was really active. The Mets have been active. Um, you know, the Braves that early signing with Donaldson. But, yeah, I mean, across the landscape, I think the Cardinals, you could argue, have perhaps improved as much or, or more so than any other team in baseball. All right. With that said, I still think there's work to be done. I, I don't think what we have now on this date is going to be enough. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And, you know, we talk about a slow-moving free agent market. What that does is it creates opportunities, I think, for the Cardinals to still pounce, right? I mean, you might see asking prices come down. Um, You know, this is a team that I think we could all agree is better on paper today than it was at the end of September. But there's still question marks. Um, You know, to me, there's still question marks on the offensive side. The the bottom half of that order kind of after – you know, your top two hitters, is there enough firepower there? I think that's a legitimate question. Your starting rotation, you have a plethora of options, yes, uh, but could this team benefit from adding a top-of-the-rotation type arm? Absolutely, and, and there's a couple of those guys possibly out there even in the trade market. And then the bullpen, you guys, guys, you can never have too many bullpen arms, and the, the churn that we've seen in the reliever kind of area the, the last several years I think is an indication that the Cardinals would be wise to go after another arm, um, whether that's somebody who can close, whether it's another left-hander, anybody to kind of fortify that depth there. So I agree. I think there's moves to be made. And with the financial flexibility that this club still has, I think they're positioned to, to really make kind of a bold move if they want to. And, and that's, I think, the biggest question. You know, guys, I think the one area where we all uh, talk about the depth, not just with 
the big league club and what we saw last year, but in the organization is starting pitching. But I'm wondering, Jen, as we saw the organization use starting pitchers in a variety of ways last year, some as starters, some as short starters, some in the bullpen. Uh, could that move be fortifying the rotation, bringing in another starter, and then maybe that gives you more flexibility, especially if we see the market maybe turn and some of these starters become a bit more affordable than we originally thought? Yeah, I mean, I think that could be a very prudent move. I mean, again, it's great to have, you know, a group of 10 starting pitchers, per se, that, that you can come in and say deserve a rotation spot. But you know, you're right. I mean, we saw last year that a lot of that starting pitching depth became very important bullpen depth, particularly in the second half of the season. So, you know, a lot of the pitchers we're talking about here are still very young. Um, perhaps they can benefit from a role in the bullpen. Some maybe, you know, even a guy like Carlos Martinez, maybe he is somebody who eventually kind of moves back into a relief role if you have better depth in your rotation. And then let's add to, I mean, this is true for every team, but we've of course seen it up close here. There's always injuries to deal with. And so I don't think it can ever hurt a team to have too much starting pitching. And I think for the Cardinals, if there's an opportunity to go out there and get an ACE type frontline starter, I, you know, my personal opinion is that that's something the Cardinals need to look very closely at doing. All right. I know you put your Christmas tree up for the year, but if there were two players that you would like to have under the Christmas tree to cover that would play for the Cardinals, who would they be? Well, I mean, how can you not go bold and let's not say Bryce Harper? I mean, we're talking about making this team better. He would instantly make your offense better, and you still have an opportunity in right field to improve upon what you have. I know there's some complications there, right, with Dexter Fowler and his contract situation, and you know, it's admirable that the Cardinals want to give him another chance. And, and, you know, you hope that Dexter has had a productive winner and can come back and be a productive player again. But reality is, is the Cardinals have very much thrown their chips in for 2019. And when you have a player like Bryce Harper on the market and the opportunity to add kind of a generational type talent, again, for me, with his market the way it is, I think there's an opportunity to pounce there for, for this team. Uh, you know, aside from that, I would probably, you know, maybe wrap Corey Kluber under my Christmas tree. So if we're going to go big and bold, we might as well go all the way. <laughs> Cardinals have the prospects to be able to deal. They've been very familiar trading with Cleveland, as we've seen in recent years. Uh, and he is a guy who, as we talk about improving that rotation, would obviously do so instantly. Jen Langosh is with us. The Baseball Writers Dinner a week from Sunday, Sunday, January 20th, part of Winter Warm-Up Weekend at Union Station Hotel. Go to MetroTix.com or call 534-1111. Uh, you guys have so many great uh, Cardinals and great big leaguers uh, scheduled to appear at the dinner. Lee Smith, Hall of Famer, uh, after we got that news at Winter Warm-Up. Mike Schilt will be there, Jen. And, you know, we had Rick Hummel on last week, and he said, you know, we told Mike Schilt we're grouping in you in with the rookies because you're a rookie skipper. I've asked a lot of people this question, and I want to ask you. I know Mike has been around the organization. We've been familiar with him. But for you covering the team on a day-to-day -day basis, what is one thing that you learned or, or learned to appreciate about Mike Schilt, the big league manager, from the time he took over to the end of the year that maybe you didn't know when it was Mike Schilt, the minor league manager, or Mike Schilt, the bench coach, or the quality control coach? You know, I think the thing that's been most impressive to me about Mike Schilt is that he treats anybody, everybody the same way, even though his position is now higher than it's ever been before. And, you know, I'll, I'll share a, a little bit of a story. I was set a couple weeks ago to interview Mike at his office early one morning, 
And he, in a panic, called me about 11 o'clock, texted me, and then called me 11 o'clock the night before because he had an organizational meeting come up and was apologizing profusely for, for having to reschedule my interview with him and, you know, wanted to make sure it fit in my schedule. To me, that speaks to Mike Schill's character, right? I mean, you know, to me, a journalist who you could obviously blow off at any time would be very easy to do. But for him, it was very important that, you know, he, he work around my schedule as well. So um, to see him be the same guy that he was, it's very refreshing because you don't always see this in this game where there's a lot of egos kind of floating around. But um, I think that, along with his great communication skills, both with the media and with the players that he's managing, as well as his coaching staff, to me, make him a very, very good fit for this role. And I think he's going to have a lot of success in it. Again, Sunday, January 20th at Union Station Hotel, the Baseball Writers' Dinner. Go to MetroTix.com or call 534-1111. I'm always blown away by everyone that's that's in town. And at this dinner, Vera Clemente will be accepting the Branch Ricky Award. What makes this this dinner uh, and, and this celebration of baseball and Cardinals baseball and baseball in St. Louis special to you, Jen? You know what? I think it's very unique and a point of pride for our city that we're one of only three cities left in the country that have this sort of dinner. I mean, this used to be kind of a tradition across major league cities many decades ago. And slowly you started to see these dinners fade away. There's three left. There's one in New York, there's one in Boston, and there's one in St. Louis. And to me, that speaks to the passion and the fan base here and how much people love baseball in St. Louis, not just April through October, but all year round. So it's awesome, as you mentioned, that we are not only going to celebrate kind of some of the standout players from 2018, whether it's a group of rookies that ascended um, or some of your MVP-type players for this team and Matt Carpenter and Miles Michaelis, but we're also having folks come in you know, across baseball. Vera Clemente, Bob Costas, Keith Hernandez is coming back. Lee Smith, obviously a chance to honor him, is going into the Hall of Fame. So it's kind of a great cross-section of, of guests. And for those in attendance, it's an opportunity to hear some very awesome and funny and entertaining stories and to really celebrate the tradition of baseball in St. Louis. MetroTix.com or 534-1111. MetroTix.com next Sunday, January 20th the Baseball Writers' Dinner. Jen Langosh, follower on Twitter, reader at MLB.com and Cardinals.com. We'll see you next weekend. Thanks for the time, Jen. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10 game packs are on sale now and feature 2019's top games and promotional dates. Choose from the opening day pack, the jersey pack, the bobblehead pack, Cubs pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just $79. Get yours at Cardinals.com slash packs a big thanks to jen look forward to seeing her next weekend look forward to seeing adam wainwright as well and he joins us next on cardinals countdown to opening day presented by amarin on the st louis cardinals radio network this is the countdown to opening day show presented by amarin on your voice of the st louis cardinals kmox the Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up, Saturday, January 19th through Monday, January 21st. Purchase warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets at cardinals.com slash WWU. Autograph tickets still available for several current players. Welcome back. One of those players who will be in town next week is Adam Wainwright, who joins us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. And next week, January 18th at Dave & Buster's, it's the 2019 Wainos World Sing-Off, raising money for a great, great cause. You can go to Big League Impact dot org right now big league impact.org to learn more and register adam how are you man how are the pipes how's the voice <laughs> well it's always sounding good in the shower uh you know you just never know what you're going to sound like on that stage also you never know uh depends on what what song you're singing man that you know you could have a you could have the best voice in the world on one song and then 
you know, you sing a song that's different key than what you're capable of singing, and you got no chance. And that's, I have a very uh, defined range. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's people that can sing the phone book and make it sound good, and there's there's other people like me that can can sing okay in a certain range, and then that's where they need to stay. Has it surprised you over the last couple of years, not just how popular it's become, but speaking of that, that the caliber of singers? I mean, you've got... Uh, Young lady, this year is going to be back with you. Who won? Who was on The Voice? Audrey, she's she is a super super talent. She's going to be singing for a long time. I think she's going to be famous one day. She's uh, she's just got that kind of voice. She could she could literally sing anything and make it sound good. But she's going to be a judge with me. But she is going to make a cameo appearance. She's going to sing one song on stage. She got through the first few rounds of this Voice. I mean, you know, she's talented. If you get past. If, if somebody, if one of those great stars picks you on the voice at all, you know you've got something. And she, and she was able to get past that. Go to bigleagueimpact.org and sign up. Wayno's World Sing-Off. It's at Dave & Buster's on January 18th. I know you tweeted out the other day asking for suggestions. What good suggestions have you had for songs and, and what's on the short list right now? The one that keeps coming back up is uh, the one down in Georgia. And there's been a couple of big songs. A couple of my friends got on there and mess with me on there, you know, requesting Mariah Carey songs and Whitney Houston songs, a bunch of songs that they know there's no possible way any man in the world could ever sing. So, you know, I've got to sort through the junk, and I've got to sort through the, the good ones. There's a lot of really, really good uh, recommendations. There's some good some good songs on there that would be fun, be very hard to sing, but be fun, and there's some really good country songs on there, too. Adam Wainwright's with us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. So what's the off-season been like, Gwena, when you're not honing your, your singing? How's the arm? How's the body? I know last year we talked a lot at the beginning of camp about uh, the weight you lost, how, how light you came in, battled injuries. Uh, when you looked back at what you were able to do at the end of the year, how you were able to contribute, how did you reflect on that, and how did you carry that into the off-season? Well, unfortunately, it was a, about a year-and-a-half-long process that I really just needed to do to get healthy. And uh, finally got healthy at the end of the season for the first time in a year and a half. And so, you know, there's a lot of me just wants to say I'm sorry to the Cardinal Nation. But, you know, the other half of me says, well, you know, I got banged up like that because I've battled for years and years. You know, we went to the post a few times, went to the World Series a few times, went to the NLCS at least five times, four four out of five years. You know, there was, there was times where, you know, I probably – could have and probably should have sat out one or two games or gone to DL briefly, but I thought there's no way I could leave my team hanging right now for me to, to go out there and pitch, you know, 10% healthier, waiting two weeks, we may miss the play. There was just, there was probably 15 or 20 times I could have done that over those five years or especially over the 14 years that I played. I mean, I missed two full seasons with major injuries. There's nothing I could do, but I mean, it's part of the game. You know, you got to play injured sometimes. You got to play banged up and you got to learn how to fight through that kind of stuff and, and still go out and help your team win but eventually that all comes at a cost and so you know for me over the years to get the most out of my ability I have to put every single thing I can into every pitch and every practice throw and every workout because I'm, I'm not I'm not gifted like some guys that can throw 100 miles an hour so I have to get the most out of my ability and so when you do that and you constantly have that uh, mindset it, it 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 eventually gets you and so I, you know I tried to come back earlier than I should have a couple times and last year there was just no way for me to do that anymore I had to get right and it you know it was at the expense of shoot most of the season but I'm really hoping that that time last year is going to bleed into this season where I go out and I can perform 100% healthy for the first time in years what was it like for you and, and your family at the end of the year when you came back when you said I, I want to keep doing this and then when 
there was mutual interest with, with the Cardinals. What was that like for you as not just a, a ball player and a competitor, but as, as someone who, you know, fought to come back and try to help the club make the playoffs last year and uh, we'll have an opportunity to do that again? Yeah, there, it was cool because um, halfway into the season last year, my sole intent was to, to be the best teammate I could possibly be. But, it, uh, you know, if I was being honest, you know, I, I tried to stay positive and I just tried to be upbeat and, and just trust that my work was going to work and I was going to be able to come back. But, you know, if, I was, if I'm being honest, looking back on it, I fully intended to not be able to pitch at all at the end of that season and for that to be it. You know, I didn't want it to be. And I think I told Mo that during the season. I, I told him at some point, I said, hey, if, if I come back healthy and can compete, I, I really want to play again next year. But if I don't, and this is the way it's going to be, then I'm walking away. And then I'm walking away satisfied knowing I did everything I possibly could. And he said, understood. I think he thought, and I think everybody on the team thought, and I think everybody on the training staff thought that you know, I was going to be done because that's, man, it just didn't look very good. It was real hard for me to go out there and compete. It was neat for me at the end of that process, actually see results, see my arm come around, see my body finally get a little bit stronger, and actually feel like when I took the mound that I was actually being going to be able to go out and, and throw up zeros, legitimate zeros too, not like somebody lines into a triple play zeros, you know? And that's what happened, and, and I'm just so grateful for it. I'm glad to be back. Are you preparing the same this off season, like every off season, going into camp and winning a spot in the rotation? Is that your mindset? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, because it's not just you. I mean, it's it's incredible to to run down the list of of arms in the organization that are going to be in camp with you guys. It's remarkable. Well, yeah, and that's a that's a tribute to our our front office drafting quality arms and quality individuals. We have some guys that really get it. They really want to work hard. They get after it. They ask questions. You know, we do. We just have such a good crop of guys coming in, man. I'm so excited about it. And, and honestly, you know, if we didn't have this kind of guys coming in. I would not have felt as good about coming back. I mean, you know, at this point, it's, I, I want to win. That's what I want to do. And, and, and when I look at our roster, <laughs> I see a championship caliber team. I really do. I mean, you know, especially when we got Goldschmidt now and we got Andrew Miller on the team, those are two of the best baseball players in the game at their positions. I mean, there's, just, there's no denying that, no arguing that. No one could say otherwise. And so you add two of the best baseball players in the game to your team, you know, a team that has missed the playoffs by one and two games the last two years, you're talking about a team who all of a sudden is dangerous. You know, we were we were we were very dangerous in in August last year and you know, if you looked at our team, there's tons of talent and guys just got tired, man. We were we were out of it. We were completely out of it. All our young guys that had never played the game before past double A and triple A had to put every single thing they had in playing a, a month farther than they've ever played into catching up, what were we back, like eight games back or yeah. something. And when you kind of, when you got to put that kind of effort into every single thing you're doing, and, and there's a lot of moxie laid in on the table last year, guys that are trying to prove themselves. When you do that for an extended period of time and you've never done it before, man, it makes you gassed takes it out of you completely and that you know there's nothing wrong with that that was a great learning experience for our whole team for our guys for our young fellows that are going to face that situation again man they learned a lot going through that they they learned hey when i'm not feeling the greatest i got to still take the ball go out there hey when i'm not seeing the ball well i got to still go out and grind pitches and work pitchers pitch counts up and and have quality at bats and 
you know what, when I go 0 for 4, I still got to take that out of the field, and I, I can't let my team down defensively. There's so many different ways a player can help their team win, and, and I think our young players learned a lot about that last year. Again, you can go to bigleagueimpact.org to see uh, everything that Adam and Big League Impact are doing, but also register for the Buenos World Sing-Off. David Buster's on January 18th. Adam, I know you guys do so many great things with the proceeds. Tell folks a little bit about uh, where the money raised is going to be going this year. We're partnering with an organization called Crisis Aid that we've worked with for years, and they are a four-star charity, just an absolutely wonderful charity with wonderful people running it helping tons and tons of people in the St. Louis area and also around the globe in Ethiopia. They do a great feeding program that my wife and I partner with also. But here in St. Louis this year, we have found 105 families, and we are going to be supplying food to them through this event. And so there's more than 105 families at risk in St. Louis of not eating dinner tonight. I can promise you that. But we found 105 of them that need our help, and that's what we're going to help with these funds from our Big League Impact sing-off, Wayne's World sing-off, whatever, whatever we're calling <laughs> it now. But, you know, we're going to get together. We're going to sing some songs. We're going to have some good food. We're going to have a great time at a great event. But what I'm most excited about is we're going to help a lot of great people. It's fantastic. Go to bigleagueimpact.org, and uh, you can also tweet Adam your song request. Hey, appreciate it, man. Uh, congrats on uh, the great work that you guys continue to do. Happy 2019, and we'll see you on a couple of weeks at Winter Warm-Up. All right, thanks, Ray. It's good talking to you, buddy. We'll talk some tickets. Joe Strom joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back. Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day continues. We are presented by Ameren and coming to you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. It's been a great hour. Thanks to Jack Flaherty, Jen Langosh, and Adam Wainwright. And now, the man who will talk to us about getting to Bush Stadium to see the Cardinals, the Vice President of Ticket Sales for the Cardinals, joins us, Joe Strom. Joe, how are you, man? Happy almost baseball season. Happy almost winter warm-up. It's great to talk to you. You're right. It's getting close, and Happy New Year to everyone. It's going to be a great year. You know, we've been talking a lot about uh, a lot of the different options that you guys have, including the 5, 6, and 10-game packs that are on sale right now, a lot of the great promotional dates, and I know the work never stops at the ballpark, including uh, some of the renovations for your all-new premium party suites for the 2019 season. You're exactly right. One of the things we try to do here annually is is improve the ballpark. Uh, just like owning a home, you want to renovate, and one of the... Uh, Renovations this year is we're going to take six party suites, and we've completely gutted those suites, and we're going to make those into what we're calling a premium party suite. These will be the most up-to-date, most upscale party suites that we have in the ballpark, and it's going to. I would highly encourage people that if they've come to the ballpark as a group and experienced the party suites in past years, look at these premium party suites this year, and I think they're not going to disappoint. I think they're going to be thrilled with the way these are going to turn out and I think it's going to be a great experience for groups coming to the ballpark. Joe, what do you like most about it? As you mentioned, you guys gutted the room, so you start from scratch. What's the one thing that stood out for you? Well, the decor is going to be modern. What I really like, though, more than anything, is you'll have the complete bar inside your suite. You're going to have an upscale buffet, so we're going to take the food to a different level. You're going to have uh, a dessert cart that will come in during the game. It's going to be an experience that uh, I think people are going to like. They like these social areas, and we're going to make a little bit more space in the room so people can really socialize and just have a great time at the park. 
Make sure that you are one of the first to host your VIP guests in Bush Stadium's premium party suites. You can call 345-9000 to reserve your suite. 345-9000. They are on sale now. And I'm always impressed, Joe, because you guys have so much great space, uh, but you're always trying to go above and beyond, not just with the space itself, but also with the in-game offerings, uh, like you mentioned, as far as the food and drink go. Well, we want people the experience to be more than just coming down and enjoying a hot dog and bratwurst. Not that there's anything wrong with that, and those will be in the suite as well. But people, we want we want to get those fans that maybe are casual fans or not even fans of, of uh, the game of baseball at all that can come down to the ballpark and say, hey, I have a good time. So we, when you have the food and beverage in a lot of these suites, it compares to – a large a number of the fine restaurants throughout town, and and that's what people always say when they come is the the food and beverage uh, offerings are are one step higher than what they would have expected at a ballpark. So I would definitely encourage people to try this. And the other thing I would also point out is uh, during the month of April, we've got some special pricing out there. Uh, you can enjoy these suites for as low as $99 a person. So I would encourage people to look at the schedule. We have some great opponents coming in during the month of April. Might be a great way to experience the suites. You know, Claves is excited because uh, he sees that you're going to be Chilled offering shrimp. shrimp. He's a big shrimp guy. Now, my only problem is I have to find 29 other people I like that much to, <laughs> to, to spend that much time with me. Yeah, uh, we saw the shrimp, and that's exactly for Claves. Thank you very brought much. brought up in the meetings that uh, <laughs> Claves will now be visiting these suites throughout I'll, the year. I'll check the quality of them. I'll yeah. swing by to make sure everything's good. Well, you can uh, check out not just the all-new premium party suites for 2019, but all of the all-inclusive Tickets that are offered around Bush Stadium, of course. The ticket packs on sale now. Go to cardinals.com or call 345-9000. Those premium party suites on sale right now. Call 345-9000 to reserve your suite. Joe Strom, the vice president of ticket sales with the Cardinals. We appreciate it, man. We'll see you next weekend at Winter Warm-Up. We will see you. My pleasure. Make your plans to head south this winter for sunny skies, warm beaches, and Cardinals baseball. Packages are available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. Back in a moment to wrap things up on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. The 2019 Cardinals official calendar spotlighting the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to unbreakable Cardinals records is on sale now at St. Louis area retailers or at 314-345-9000. We'll also give a couple away right now. Caller 2 and Caller 3. We'll each win a calendar 531-1120-314-531-1120. A big thanks to John Rooney for joining us in studio, our 7 o'clock hour. Thank you also to Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty, Jen Langosh, and Joe Strom. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. Mike Anderson here in our Cardinals Network studios. Thanks also to Ann Carroll from the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We will be at Ballpark Village next week at Cardinals Nation Restaurant chatting with Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And then next weekend, it's winter warm-up, the Cardinals caravans, the baseball writers' dinner, and so much more. This has been another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.